Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Curse me, Rose. Run for your life. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us for Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. Back in May this year, Geek XP managed to secure a pre-screening session of X-Men Apocalypse, and the Variants cover team were there to enjoy the movie. Of course, being the comics fans we are, we had to sit down and dissect the movie, and there are some very strong feelings around the content, its relationship to canon, and plenty of discussions about the X-Men cartoons thrown in. A side note before we get underway... This podcast has been a victim of timing. It was originally intended to drop in May, but was pushed back by the review of Captain America Civil War. Due to other topics dropping later, we decided to hold it back for the DVD release of the movie, which happened last month in October. And while this should have dropped in the last week of October, we then had to find the files again. But we have it now, and we hope you enjoy a bunch of comic fans ranting. We pass this over to the diva for her rating. Franco, what did the diva have to say? The Diva has enjoyed this podcast and rates it. It'd work nicely with vinegar. A kind thank you to Franku and the Diva, but for now, without any further ado, please join me, Les Allen, and co-host Vittorio Leonardi as we release the geek with the Variants cover team and dissect X-Men Apocalypse. And now, we're releasing the geek. We are here, however, to talk about the movie, the pre-screening that we all got to see. I think the only people in the world that got to beat that beat us were Times Media employees. Was that who those idiots were? Yeah, um, (laughs) Times Media employees. They got to see it in Dubai first. They got to see it in the UK first, a day earlier. And presumably the press. No, I was thinking like Oscar Isaac. Not the, oh, yeah. No, I don't know if, I don't know if no, he's watched not, that movie. Not the director. I mean, no. but definitely not Brian Singer. I don't think he saw it even when it went to like editing. Like, I don't think he's seen the movie at all. He just handed it off to somebody. I don't even know if he made this I movie. think that's our first comment. I think shots are fired. Is, is Brian Singer still alive, guys? Well, no, okay. I, didn't actually, I didn't actually announce the movie we're talking about. We went and saw... X-Men 2, X-Men United. <laughs> <laughs> time travel is amazing. <laughs> we saw, it was a good time. We saw X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> we'll screen. Hold up. If we're talking about an X-Men movie, surely we went into the dystopian future and watched X-Men 18. Did you say dystopian? Yeah. Did you say, I thought she said dystopian. Dystopian. It's just dystopian. It's dystopian. This is the opposite of you, apparently. But like we're, we're in the dystopian future where we've just watched X Men 18. Now you see what happened is five seconds before I walk into the movie, a future version of me with a robot arm and a beard showed up and said, Whoa, don't go in there. And I was like, What could possibly go wrong? It's weird because my future version showed up with a mullet and a facial tattoo. <laughs> but that's Bishop. Yes? <laughs> Apparently, in, a, in an alternate future, you're a black guy. With a facial tattoo. Well, apparently in the alternate future, Naz is Cable, so, so guys. I, I could be Cable. I, I could be totally, Cable. I totally didn't realize Bishop was Jewish, but all right. Uh, Bishop is, in fact, uh, an, uh, of Aboriginal descent, although we shouldn't say Aboriginal. Uh, for us people in Australia, Australia, uh, Australia mm-hmm. uh, descent, because he's Gateway's great-great-grandson now. 
Oh wow, when did that happen? Chris Claremont. Oh, it, it's on Extreme X Men with an X. Yeah, it's one of those unfortunate things because they have at different points tried to tie Bishop to various characters of uh, like various black characters in yes. the X Men universe. They like implied at one point that like Storm is earlier. What are you saying? Um, sorry, aren't all black characters in comics related somehow? Isn't it only on Batman? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's when the podcast ended because the table was flipped. <laughs> sorry, Dimpa, I was I was actually doing that to try and just get. I just wanted a look of. Utter derision. Oh, God. I, th- I feel like tonight's tonight, her face. Okay, so the but sad like, thing is, you're right <laughs> in comics. Yes. But, but guys, this is a good finish. The thing is, tonight you're not going to get any like vicious anger or derision. It's just going to be exhaustion. You're At tired. some point, I'm just going to All I'm going to get is a Silently sigh. walk away. Just to be... <sighs> all right. It could have been like, because I spent last night talking about Jason Todd, so that's where all my anger went. Let's uh-huh. not talk about Jason Todd. Let's not. Um, the weird thing about that is, especially because right before they started tr- implying that Bishop was descended from Storm, yeah. they were implying that they were going to hook up. <laughs> it was like, it was super awkward. Hang on, does that mean that Storm hooked up with Gateway? No, no, no. So, so when Bishop's first introduced, right, yeah. um, they, they eventually, um, like, after, after a couple, a couple of, about a year or so, like, mm-hmm. she breaks it off with Forge, although they haven't really been dating. It's complicated. For X-Men. a while. X-Men! Yeah. Um, <laughs> they hadn't been dating for a while. Yeah, but she officially breaks it off. Okay. Um, Which and part so, of him? Uh, well, you know, he's got his cyber heart. parts, so his, yes, his, his robot heart. heart. <laughs> um, it's okay, he goes to Emerald City and gets another one. He, he make these four. Wrong X Men comics, but it has happened. happened. It's oh. true. Um, but um, so so then they're then sort of implying that maybe there's a romance about to blossom before between Storm and Bishop. It's it's really it's when I say imply, I mean very badly. Um, right. But then then a new writing team comes on and start implying that somehow they're related. Um, and they also imply at some point that uh, it's possible that Bishop is the child or grandchild of Sink and M, who are Generation X. Um, oh. teenage characters mm-hmm. who are also both black um, but you know basically everyone who's black is related to Bishop but not really <laughs> and then now he's not black oh it's also important that Bishop is his surname yeah for some strange reason he's, he's Lucas Bishop and his sister is obviously Shard Bishop yeah. <laughs> I mean, he never made sense why he was called Bishop he's, but not, he's not black name no, well I mean if he's related to Gateway then he is technically he's obviously black but he's like of a completely different descent than he was implied to be for years. Gotcha. So it was this like weird, convenient, like, oh, you can be any kind of black person from anywhere in the world. I think and I know where this, where this writing meetings. convention came from. Have you ever had this where someone finds out you're from South Africa and they ask you, hey, I know this guy in Kenya. Do you know him? This is the same mindset that spawned this. It's like, oh, Bishop, you're black. I know this other dude from another timeline. So basically, racism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now trying to to figure out, Greg, your your statement about not using the term Aboriginal. The term Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community, ATSIC, is kind of the initiative for um, the advancement of... So I need I need to check on. I, my, my my problem is I've I've heard that Aboriginal is not really accepted, um, but I've heard I've heard both ways. So I I don't know. I guess, I guess Astra- as, as John Oliver happily points out, Australia is incredibly casually racist. Oh so boy, yeah. I, I I need to check <laughs> if I'm only listening to the media. Well, yeah, uh, basically none of us are qualified to talk about the original Australian people. Right, and apparently we've managed to go six minutes and successfully avoid the movie that we've assembled to talk. I've about. been trying. And we've, we've got an hour left. <laughs> so, so listeners, that should tell you something about the movie. What 
Oh, where do we start? Do well, we do I, okay. First up, there's going to be spoilers. There are going to have to be spoilers. So if you have not seen this movie, do or do not from basically some of the evidence that's coming in around the table. Spoilers. Apocalypse is in this movie. <laughs> what? Oh, I know. You saw the movie. You saw the poster. And unlike you see him on the poster, he doesn't do a single jokes? piece from Hamlet. Damn it. Yeah. He's got a skull and everything in his hand. Oh, yeah, I guess. But like, guys. Mm-hmm. Everyone misquotes that anyway, so it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be fair, though. Whether or not you've seen this movie, Brian Singer's already spoiled the X-Men franchise for you. Wow! Wow. I didn't take long. I will, I will say outright, um, I was not looking forward to this movie, and I was present, pleasantly surprised by how terribly entertaining it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time enjoyed. watching it considering that I thought it was going to be the worst. It is the worst, <laughs> but it was fine. Well, okay, whoa, whoa, I want to get guys, this line out of the way here's first. The thing. Yeah. I Before throw... you do that, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. Thanks, Kanye. Kanye X. I, funnily enough, hated it less than I thought I would, even though there are quite a few problems with it. It's not as terrible as I thought it was the second mm-hmm. time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to unpack those problems. You saw it the second time around? Yeah. You saw it twice? You've I've seen, seen it end? twice. Have you seen it three times now? No, I didn't go in the end on Sunday night. You did the right okay. thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I almost saw it three times. Yeah, I almost saw it three okay. times. So, so you didn't mind it. You enjoyed it. What do you think this movie could have been like under the control of visionary director Zack Snyder? Garbage. An abomination? Just this trying to... Oh, like, not like, apocalypse. Do you X-Men want... Abomination. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a Marvel character. Uh, Marvel had the right to sell villains. So a, <laughs> look, this movie was on fire, but it was written by Zack Snyder. <laughs> it would be, I don't know, dead and then set on fire again? No, the thing is, if it's directed by Zack Snyder, it's not just going to be like a fairly entertaining movie that's mostly terrible mm-hmm. by the end of it it'll have made us retroactively hated all the other X-Men movies that came before it even mm-hmm. more than we did before to be fair that's what Days of Future Past did do <laughs> 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 time so what are the the basic synopsis of the movie is the apocalypse uh, you find out that apocalypse has been buried since the time of the pharaohs. Since non-specific ancient, ancient Egypt. Egypt. I mean, there's a specific thing, but it's well, really non-specific, the, the, let's be the, fair. The pyramids were new. 1300 BC? No, yeah. like they, they actually say when. Like yeah. Yeah, the BC. 3600 BC. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but it's, it's right. so non-specific in everything else and about so it. And so we have <laughs> Apocalypse uh, touted as possibly the first mutant who was always accompanied by four... Horsemen. Horsemen. So after coming out of, and all, apparently all he needs is a bit of sun, like a British it. pensioner. That's all he really needs. <laughs> well, he needs. But he's the depiction of the god Ra. That's what he is. Sort of. Um, it's really. I mean, so, if we're gonna by, in this movie, also not Superman is powered by the sun, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he but he doesn't need like a weird pyramid solar generator yeah. thing to to yes, awaken him with gold magic. It was one of the poles and goes to the what the fucking. He doesn't. He doesn't charge. He doesn't charge a house of crystal. He's not a battery. He doesn't like like a recharge chamber. He doesn't charge up at the the fortress of solitude. He just this gets is, sun like normal human beings. Uh, 15 minutes a day, so that's now, all he needs. Avoid, <laughs> 15 minutes a day, that's to avoid melanomas. So, <laughs> um, super melanomas. Super melanomas. So he then starts going around and collecting his horsemen, of which one of them was an original X-Man. Uh, what I like about it is he goes around and he has to collect the, like, the most powerful mutants. And he's like, Storm, who can control the weather. Psylocke, who... 
Fine. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> and also, because she's a wind ninja. The winged guy. It's not even a hot ninja. She was just there. Angel. Because Angel wings. Almost one in a, like a cage and, and Magneto. And Magneto. No, Magneto is like he's Magneto a powerful dude. Magneto. Like, I'm like, he's like, I must find, take me to the most powerful mutants. I can tell you who the most powerful mutants are. Here's Angel. Thanks, Silas. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, was she lying to you? Yes. Was she playing him? Maybe Silas just got low expectations. Okay. Look, look, powerful, look, guys. I have a sword that can slice through anything. The most powerful mutant I've seen, though, has wings. Okay. Maybe she just really wants to be able to fly. The, the the problem here is that we had so little time with Psylocke that I have no idea. Because... She had like 10 words. If that. The thing about that is weird to me, right? Because Olivia Munn's not the best actress. She's not. A, she, she, I like her. I've seen her in things. I've enjoyed her. But she's not a great actress. But considering how much she was actually allowed to do in this movie, she must be the worst actress alive. Like, Thanks. she's not allowed to talk or have <laughs> facial expressions. She's allowed to be what? CGI'd into stabbing things. Pretty what? much. So, so how are we going... Apocalypse grabs his four horsemen, the, comes up against the X-Men, battle, 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 whoa, right. Whoa, 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 so you that missed is, the mall scene. No, no, that's the, that's the Ryan Singer. Yeah, the, <laughs> the best <laughs> <from> an actual <laughs> interview gave this week, he literally cut it out of the movie and it sounds like it was the best part of the movie. Like, this part's so, too good, yeah. this movie needs to suck. So, <laughs> so apocalypse, how, do we, how do we dissect it first? What do we go for? First. Well, I think we've already attacked the horsemen. We're in the midst of attacking the yeah, horsemen. Yeah, we were so quick question right? the horsemen then. Okay. Yeah. So, horsemen circa BCE or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No horses. Horsemen circa eight, uh, 21st century. No horses. Mm-hmm. Why are they called horsemen? Also, so that it can tie in. No, with no, the word no, sure. Apocalypse. But in the comics, those dudes have horses. They have robot horses. They fly. They're delightful. <laughs> that was probably in the mall scene. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when they, when they appear in the teaser sequence at the end of X-Men Desert Future Plus, they're on the They are never horse riders. The four camels of the apocalypse. The four really angry people just doesn't work as well. No, no, sure, sure, but like, just put them on horses for like five seconds. Guys. But also, to be fair, they're not really angry, they're just kind of there. They're also brainwashed, maybe. Maybe. Like, Angel seems into being a bad okay. I'm going to ask Can you. Angel's a German. No, 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 no. Everybody, stop, stop, stop. I'm going to say, for the sake of Franku, don't ever make that noise again. Like, <laughs> no, no, stop that for your out. Okay. So, um, quick question. She's a popular Star Fox. This was talking. Sorry. Can we just all take a moment to really enjoy the fact that Apocalypse is super into color coding? Like Storm uh-huh. is all like white and silver. Uh-huh. Psylocke is purple for no reason. Uh-huh. Magneto is like super red, and then Angel is just was there. Magneto I mean, wasn't red; it was a burgundy or something. Burgundy and silver. Well, it oh, was red. Which was which actual? Oh, no, that would have that would have implied that someone sat and thought about it. Which I was also waiting for that moment. I can I understand why Psylocke would be war. The symbol of war has always been a sword. Sure. Sure. Oh no, it's a victory. The destroyer. That's the symbol. This mm-hmm. is, it wears a crown and carries a sword. Yes. Then there's death, which I'm assuming is Apocalypse's job eventually because no, it can't be no, Magneto. No, 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 I'm pretty in sure. In the comics, death is it was angel. angel, but in the movie, it, it, it kind of just because of the way the, fun, the way that death functions in the story, right? In, in almost every X Men story, is Apocalypse finds an X Man mm-hmm. who's upset about something, okay. and he changes the color of their skin and straps metal to them, and <laughs> okay. they're death. So I guess okay. maybe. 
Um, so he turns Angel into the most vicious parakeet on earth. Basically. <laughs> hey man, Angel's rad. In the comics, in the it's comics. a great thing. He's the angel of death. And he was also well, really great. Yeah, and he was he was truly, truly was scary in the comics for the first couple of times. Sure, sure. And, and they managed to rehabilitate that whole idea. I feel and like you're demanding too much from a movie yes, yes. that didn't even give the horsemen horses. Yeah, come on! <laughs> like, come on! Like, like, like Apocalypse powered them up by changing their colors. Oh, actually, guys. Um, so it's like Tron, basically. Uh, weirdly, actually, um, the the biblical horsemen also are color coded. So. Mm. You sort of could get halfway there because yeah. Storm is white, which is mm-hmm. um, pestilence. Uh, Magneto is red, which is war. Mm-hmm. Um, Angel I'm, was black, which is death. death. And um, Psylocke doesn't matter. Psylocke <laughs> is purple, which could sort of be blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed, she's supposed hey, to be German, John. but she's yeah. nowhere near thin enough. I mean, the girl playing Storm could have played Famine. Well, she's from Africa, so that would work with the racist theme going here. Oh. Please just cut that out. What? <laughs> <laughs> is fucking doing it, but I okay. can't, please. Yes. Yes. Oh, I demand you give me alcohol Guys, now. Let's just rewind for a second, because one of the best bits about setting up the horseman is the conversation between Professor X and Warren McTaggart about that. Yeah. Where um, he goes, she goes, he's always had four followers. And, and how about goes, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He, he goes, he got that one from the Bible. No, 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 no. <laughs> Xavier goes, like in the Bible. And Mori goes, maybe the Bible got it from him. Well, Whoa. Yeah, that is why they called the Four Horsemen, you guys. <laughs> I wonder what they were called before the Bible got a hold of them. These four fuckers. Uh, I've just, you've brought something up that I now need to throw to this. Yes. Uh, because I believe you're, you have particular feelings on... Professor X douchebaggery. <laughs> and, and listen, I understand you're tired. We're all tired. It's like tired. It's more like, than resigned the thing size. Is, the thing is, the, yeah, the, <laughs> so, I think that's all like, my contribution to this podcast <laughs> is going to be just me going, oh, goddamn. I think start by unpacking the plot point. Like, yes. Explain what it is. So what so, did Professor X, <laughs> the douchebag, do... to Moira McTaggart? So what Professor X does is that he after... One, wiped away her accent. He wiped her, her accent. She had no she, Scottish she, accent at all. She, she didn't she, have one in the first, have one, first one. one. Yeah, that and, was his and fault then, too. Well, he wiped her her memory, which took away her accent, right? <laughs> Retroactively. Which is just a nasty joke. If you empty someone's mind, they yeah. become American. Look, it's, it's also, look guys, guys, before we, before we go any further, I want to point out that Professor Xavier is not a douchebag. Professor Xavier is a jerk. <laughs> That's uh, canon. <laughs> Charles the jerk Xavier. So he wipes her mind yes. of... Her Everything that happened in first class, you know, which was, is probably for the best. Let's it was be fair. Just so lucky, right? <laughs> it's really it's nice. Really well. And then, like, and then we find out that he also, after he's wiped her memory of all the events, because you know, mutants weren't known at the time, mm. and like he didn't want her to lead the CIA to him for reasons. I don't know. And because um, he just walked into the build, well, he didn't walk. He rolled into the building. He rolled, yeah. yeah. So then he rolls into the building and he starts talking about how. He's never looked in on her. And then we realize that he totally was stalking her for a little bit, right? He's like, hey, guys, isn't it so cute and hilarious how I was watching her without her consent at some points in her life? Wasn't that great? So what are you upset <laughs> about? Not- the fact that he was doing the Facebook thing before Facebook was a thing. <laughs> yeah, except like in a way that like completely violates her privacy and consent, right? Which is kind not like a- Facebook. No, not no, like no, Facebook. No, because Facebook, you, Facebook, you put it up. Just, yeah. just, just, he's not stalking her. That would involve following her. 
Psychic voyeur is a term. <laughs> <laughs> he's climbing into her mind, he's into like, his mind, to he's watch her do something. He's just like reminding us, but he's, he's just super fucking creepy. Which is a movie, as we all know, that is a pure and true, and it's endangered. So. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, inside her mind, smelling her mental panties. Mental... Oh, uh, I would write that down, which we've all seen because we saw it in the first class. You've seen, oh, oh boy! <laughs> you said you've seen her mental panties. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, so there, so there's there's a bit of douchebaggery there. A bit. Yeah, it Well, it gets worse because, because fine, he wiped the memory. That's awful. We all agree that's awful. It's even implied in the movie that it's kind of awful. Then at the end of the movie, he's like, "Let me return her memories. I made a horrible mistake taking them away," and she's not like. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, no. she took it very well. She's yeah, like, oh, it. thank you. <laughs> As opposed to... Oh, hey. Liz. Liz. That was an alarm. That was... The, the phone is off. Oh, is that... Um, the, the podcast is over. Everyone leave. <laughs> Good podcast, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm sick of your shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Of course she's going to respond that mm-hmm. way because... To be fair, I suspect that the majority of the screenwriters and the director, well, I know the director is a man, so they'd assume that she'd just be grateful for getting her memory back, Uh as opposed to being super upset that this this guy, Uh like, (laughs) violated her personal space repeatedly. What do you think of the the bit that she'd had a kid? Now, that wasn't potentially... My my big question was... was It It could could be a Proteus angle. Here's my thing, right? I really like the Proteus Saga. Yeah, I hope Proteus no one ever cool. attempts to do it on film. Oh, because that sounds like a nightmare it. waiting to happen. Proteus, yeah. Proteus in an R-rated film. No, no R-rated X-Men movies. No R-rated movies. Yes! <laughs> Except Deadpool. And Terminator 2. I didn't see Deadpool, so it's fine. Terminator 2, on the other hand, is great. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> better than Days of Future Past and inspired by Okay, guys, guys, everything, <laughs> like anything can be better than Days of Future Past. I enjoyed Days of Future's Past more than I enjoyed Apocalypse, right? (laughs) No, no, I I definitely enjoyed X-Men Apocalypse more than Days of Future Past. So much more. Like, Mystique stopped taking the stupid pull she was taking in Days of Future Past and was, like, being a reasonable person again. That's quite exciting. Jumping on point for some of the worst stuff in the movie that I want to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Starting with Mystique. Um, So, the previous movie ends with Mystique doing a very prominent, like, mutant and proud thing, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, And this movie starts with her being like, uh, about that, I'm just gonna go around looking like Jennifer Lawrence now. It's much cooler. And like, let's be fair, Jennifer Lawrence looks incredible as an '80s punk. Yeah, like, that's great. I'm super she's into great. it. Mm-hmm. And I get like why sometimes she has to camouflage because it's a mystique, and she's going to, to behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah, into cage matches, right? But but uh, the whole thing where she's like, kind of like, uh, I don't really want to look like a mutant anymore. I'm not going to explain why. Forget about what I said before, but they're still trying to paint her as clearly like that character from mm-hmm. the previous movie because other people are hero-worshipping her. doesn't make much sense. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the movie that, like, so X-Men is ostensibly this metaphor for, for marginalized people. Yes. Um, and even though the comics are primarily featuring like white characters, we're, we accept that because it, it does kind of work as a metaphor sometimes. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the sometimes. Time. Sometimes. When the don't think about it. Don't think too hard. Except yeah. when they're in space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then they're oppressing aliens. But in the movies, it's like, it's like they've completely forgotten that that's the thing. They keep talking about it. They keep it like lip servers. Mm. But this is a movie where Beast hangs out at a school that is just for mutants. Teaching kids about how they are going to integrate into the society in the future. It's going to be amazing. Charles so Xavier is like, I even want to bring human students into the school. It's like this great thing. But Beast is walking around in his human form 
And when he's asked about it, he gets super uncomfortable about like, yeah, no, I'm taking a shot for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Guys, what's important is passing. <laughs> and that we can pray the, the gay and the blue fur away. But in the entire school, whenever I've seen the X-Men, there's never been a single student that didn't look, look. just like a normal person. Yeah. I understand from a yeah. casting point of view, it's just easy to do that, but... For fuck's sake, they're mutants. They they're can't, also they all can't like all... super no, listen, fucking if you don't light. Pass, if you don't pass for human, then you're a Morlock and get in the tunnel. It's like, yeah. look, at, look at the background. <laughs> you're, you're a Morlock or, you, or you're the token X-Man. <laughs> the, the token weird looking X-Man. Yeah, the token weird looking Unto every generation, there must come. <laughs> <laughs> Nightcrawler. Yeah. Nightcrawler is the weirder version of Angel, if you want to hear it. Angel's the, the one who couldn't pass unless he did a really specific thing. Um, and then it's, then it's Nightcrawler and then it's... I don't know, long shot. I don't know. And then it's no, no, then long it, shot person. No, long, long shot. No, I, I couldn't think. He's only got four eyes though, and four fingers though. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> and I couldn't think. The, the '80s doesn't really have one of those. Um, and then in the '90s, it's like Marrow and Chamber, who literally has no face. Mm-hmm. And then in the 2000s, it's Beak. Oh, Who's my face? Yes. But in the, <laughs> in the 2000s, at least, and this actually built on what was done in the first two X-Men movies, mm. or at least the first X-Men movie, like. The whole school is shown to be populated by a mix of students. There's a student who's like a tiger man who flies around. Yeah. There's a student who's got like really long arms and one with like a giant nose and a girl with like lips, like mouths around her neck. Yes. Like the idea like works in the 2000s. Mm. Um, and it's almost like it's been regressed since the early 2000s to just being a bunch of people who all kind of look like normal people but are somehow marginalized people. Would yes. you say that the uh, that beasts, mm. 90s beasts, late 80s, early 90s, well, even into the 90s beasts, um, the whole blue furry thing, all bad, all bad, all bad. But he's an Avenger now, so that makes him okay. Yes, that's exactly um, that is that is literally one of the. If he I, was an X Man, well, no, we're not putting you up in front of people to talk. It, it, but now you're an Avenger. It's okay. We're going to have you as Doctor Hank McCoy, expert on muta- mutations. It, it's, and genetics. it's one of those really problematic things where, like, people forget that there's a, apparently a metaphor. The thing is, the X Men aren't really, they weren't really designed to have that metaphor that everyone mm-hmm. has applied to them subsequently. Mm-hmm. Chris Claremont applies the metaphor th- to them about 10 years after they are created. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. people kind of forget the metaphor stuff half the time. So, you know, it's, oh yeah, Beast should be an, uh, an mm-hmm. Avenger, that's great. But at no point in that does anyone go, hey man, Beast, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, yeah. they're mutants, we don't trust them. No, exactly, no. because, <laughs> like it's weird because remember, it's a world where all sorts of superpowers exist, uh-huh. yet somehow the public knows enough of like, well, who the mutants are yeah. and what their the mutant powers is, well, and they have a problem with that, but not with like the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. or any of the Avengers. Yeah. Or I think it's because they're not it's the like, word mutant. Well, yeah. guys, it's because everyone in the Marvel Universe is reading the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I don't think you get. I, I I don't like poking holes in the metaphor to that degree. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because I think then you just break the entire way that comics universes work, superhero mm-hmm. universes work. Like, yep. we have to accept that the X Men are a metaphor for marginalized people, and therefore everyone automatically somehow mm-hmm. knows they're mutants. It yes. doesn't matter, right? Like, I think the, the the kind of core thing is just that the metaphor for the metaphor to work. Like the movie, and sometimes the comics, but the movies, like of late particularly, really cherry pick when it's a metaphor, yeah. when it's not. Mm. You've got like a Nightcrawler at the mall and no one notices. Yeah, and yeah. no one gave two shakes. Yeah. Which yeah. apparently in the cutscene from the mall scene, mm-hmm. uh, you were going to get the sense that 
um, kids are looking at Nightcrawler and noticing him mm. and not attacking him but just noticing him and like staring at him yeah. and they kind of realize he's dressed as Michael Jackson from Thriller <laughs> when I saw it I was like Blue Michael Jackson Blue yeah. Michael Jackson like, dude that, that's a bridge too far <laughs> but, but like it seems like the, the scene was going to at least have a moment that established that the, because the timelines are different mutants are accepted a lot or integrated into society a lot earlier right. so in the 80s kids like would notice and not be weirded out by it, but would, they would still notice yeah the problem is like even cutting that scene out means that like the metaphor doesn't take precedence mm. except when it's convenient yeah and but I mean like it's also a problem because even if they had had that scene we still mm. see two instances of families who are like totally okay with the fact that the kids are mutants there's none of that like awkward like oh, this is so hard for us. Mm. Oh, we wish we could do something to make you not a mutant. They're mm. just like, oh no, our son's a mutant and he doesn't want to go to the Xavier school. Mm. Our other mutant son should just come sort it out. Mm. And it's really chilled. And like, even Which, in the schools, like there's, there's none of that to give the appearance of like, mm. it's a, like it's seven years ago, right? So there mm. should still be a certain amount of uneasiness. It's 10 years. Is it ten? Yeah, it's 10 years. Well, it's vaguely mm. 10 years because these movies are weird. Yeah. Know. 10 years between each of the, the last three movies. Which makes no sense because... Have I just grown a mullet in the video? Yeah, but it made me older. Yeah. But hey, um, like I said, you know, I'm pretty sure he died in the middle movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no no one's sure. How, how is it? It sure as heck seems that Havoc was the older brother. Oh, he's definitely the older brother he in those is. movies. Yeah. He's supposed to be the younger brother. Yes. In the comics. But, but yeah, like, uh, that's fine. that kind of stuff well, actually, doesn't bother that, me. The middle chilled. brother, if you. No, 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 no that's not. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> Oh, I, I haven't forgotten about Gabriel Summers, guys. Me neither. Uh, okay. I've tried. Okay. Um, now, Naz, yeah. Apocalypse. Like the character? The, the character in the... You know, the one in the movie that we just watched. <laughs> oh, not just the Apocalypse, but I think Apocalypse. All right. What were your thoughts? Um, I like how in the X-Men movies, Apocalypse is Zordon from Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> he needs four teenagers with attitude. <laughs> um, he color codes them. I think we've established that, right? Um, and uh, yeah, Greg took us this through the biblical path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, okay, so here's, here's the what do they get? What do they get right? Oh, man. Because <laughs> um, to me, he, he Isaac had certain gravitas yeah. that he could convey. Look, it also helped that they dubbed his voice four or five times and put it through a scene. I, I would say that that uh, unhelped. That unhelped. That unhelped dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I thought that he had certain gravitas, especially when he was dealing with Magneto and his grief. Um, there were certain things that, that he got right. What do you think he got right before you can unleash on what he got wrong? I, oh, man. I like... <laughs> I don't think there's much that they got right. I don't even think it needed to be Oscar Isaac. Like, like I think it could have been like you know how in the first X Men all the bad guys are played by like two bit B movie actors. Mm -hmm. Tyler Man, except for say <laughs> McKellen. Yeah, like they could have literally just done that again. <laughs> we didn't need a Leo <laughs> Schreiber, a saber tooth movie. Ray Park. <laughs> yeah, hey, Ray, Ray Park, Park was really hot in nineteen ninety nine. You know he's still pretty good in GI Joe. And being a silent Because he doesn't talk. Right? Yes, it's great. Every movie he's been good at, he doesn't talk. Um, oh, except his line in, um, in what was that, Fans movie, where they go to try and see uh, one of the friends is dying. Oh, and they fan, go and fan, fan, boys. Fan, boys. fan boys. Yeah, where he delivers the Is he the in old, that? He he's the security guard. Oh, I and he gets, well, he gets two nightsticks out. And he starts going, you're going to get mauled. Which was a, uh, a fantastic uh, one. And everybody knew it was coming. I, 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 I enjoy that movie, but that's a bit I've... I've, I've <laughs> you you actually put your hood over. 
I didn't enjoy that movie, so. Um, but yeah, like, it didn't even need to be Oscar Isaac because they cover him with so much makeup. Um, and they, as you said, process his voice to death to the point uh-huh. where, like, obviously his performance is coming through to some degree, and it's uh-huh. all in the eyes and the waving of the hands. Until the eyes go white. Uh, until the eyes go white. Well, he goes blind. And... Is, that a, is that a sign of superpower? I guess. You, well, know, you become that's... white, you become more your eyes, only your eyes. Oh, yeah. eyes. When your eyes go all milky, you're using your mutant powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All of them. Because Apocalypse has all of them. I, all this of is the, the thing, though. I don't think anybody picked up on this. If you look at Apocalypse and the, the, the color pattern they used on him, he looks like Ronan from... The, you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. he looks like he's the oh, brother yeah. that was yeah. lost at birth. Or <laughs> and the performance is kind of the same. Exactly well, the same. He said Ronan had the sense to bring a hammer. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I, I would, I would argue. See, my problem here is, I think Ronan, they didn't do as much prosthetics. Yeah, mm. and so it's uh, clearly Lee Pace. Yeah, Lee, Lee Pace gets to glower, and that's yes. all he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm honestly not sure Oscar Isaac didn't sleep through this movie because Apocalypse looks super drowsy all the time. <laughs> I saw it was Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Heavy man. Right. I assumed at some point Oscar Isaac just hired someone else to take over from him because no, he no, can't no. tell him all that no, makeup. Like, you he know it was him every time you look at his nose because I'm looking at that nose going, geez, wow, Poe Damlin, what have you done? He does have a schnoz. He does, he does. have a he does have a particular nose. All I'm saying is prosthetics are a thing, fam. <laughs> my my point is I don't think they got anything right. Like Apocalypse is not my favorite bad guy from X Men mm. by anyway. miles. I mean I don't know if I like Magneto's great. Like I don't know if the X Men have really good bad guys anyway. <laughs> but like whoa Apocalypse, whoa whoa. You take that back about Sugar Man. <laughs> Sugar Man? Yeah. Sugar Man. Yeah. <laughs> he also died From the Age of Apocalypse. I will, I will send so you like, pictures, sir. I, I kind of... <laughs> oh, oh, of the of, character. Yeah, yeah let, let Greg do it, because if you search, you're just going to wind up with pictures of Horrible. some, some forgotten us. singer from Detroit. Greg Sugar Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. You were saying this? <laughs> So, like, I kind of disagree. I was perfectly fine with the apocalypse I got because I'm not entirely sure that you can do him justice in the movies unless you're willing to, like, make it a two-movie thing, unless you're willing to really go all, like, Mm. Earth is destroyed and we're Mm. in the age of apocalypse because he's a very difficult character. (laughs) I know, like, you can't do it, right? Because it's a terrible idea. Here's the the thing, right? The thing is, up until very recently, that was only ever the best, like, Legion story ever. (laughs) Like, not the best apocalypse story. Like, the worst apocalypse story. Age of Apocalypse is is not an apocalypse story. Yeah. Apocalypse is barely in it. Um, he's a thing that inevitably they have to fight at the end because we needed someone for he's, them to fight. Yeah, he's, 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 he's the also, boss man. He's and, the yeah. boss monster. Yeah, and that sounds better than Age of Mr. Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the Sinister Age would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, but the Age of Unexamined. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's literally like, oh, Apocalypse is the biggest, baddest thing we could throw at them. Mm-hmm. But like, he's not really that interesting. But that's the thing, right? It's like, he's not... There's, I don't think there is a lot you can do with him, so I was perfectly fine with what I got in the movie because, like, I we're not going to get better. If, if we're going to do prosthetics, maybe some some lift in the heels would have been nice. Yeah, he's having, supposed to be having huge. Apoc- he's having supposed apocalypse, to be variable in size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having Apocalypse Ladies. turn around to leer at people and have three of his four horsemen standing taller than him. Yeah. Was, but did not was convey My first encountering of Apocalypse was the cartoon series that yeah. I saw during the 90s. Right. I know you don't like yeah. the series, but it's that that was the Apocalypse I knew. Yeah. And last time I checked, he's a lot more powerful than the one that's in that film. 
He's damn near unstoppable. There's always some fucking gimmick they have to the find to kill him. Well, I mean, and he doesn't die. He just goes away for a while. Here's, here's the thing, right? He's like Cthulhu. <laughs> there, there are two good apocalypse stories. Mm-hmm. One is the original, um, like, sort of 20-issue run between the two Simonsons, Walt and Louise. That's exactly uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Between, between, five, to between 5 to 25. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and the other one is those two episodes of the X-Men cartoon in season one where he shows up. <laughs> Every <laughs> other time he's shown up ever uh-huh. has been... Diminishing returns. I really like that one time he's in the Savage Line for no reason and Wolverine fights him and Mike Mignola draws it, except that's a robot, so who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Also, Evans of Anur is great. The bit that I love is in one of the episodes of the cartoon, I think Cable or Bishop, I can't remember which one, that, yeah, Cable... A time uh, basically X-Men. goes into the past <laughs> to stop because he's fighting the war with apocalypse in the future yeah. and so the way that he stops the virus that wipes out all the mutants is he grabs Wolverine and without so much as buy your leave throws him into a vat of yep. shit yep. and I suppose at this point they cut away so you don't see him going <laughs> crossing his fingers and then Wolverine <laughs> freaks out momentarily and his body goes oh that's how we cure that and he's fine again and he passes out and I'm going fuck they can't, he can't have been the only mutant with healing properties. He couldn't have been. He's like, well, surely old man Logan isn't the only one. I've forgotten about that, but that is a that, really good no, that's possibly. great. Yeah. That first season is, is great. And Apocalypse mourns this virus being destroyed like it's a son. Just, and he's got this voice that should have been in the fucking film. Was, My beautiful virus. I'm going, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah, because he, he, he talks, he talks like an 80s cartoon villain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coming back to me now, it's really good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I get teary every time I think about the last episode of the first season of the X-Men cartoon (laughs) Greg (laughs) I get sad tell me about Magneto Um, in this movie well I'll tell you this right (laughs) I really I really liked the movie for most most of it my problem was every so often I remembered that at some point they were gonna have to fight Apocalypse (laughs) so I was kind of enjoying the Xavier's terrible at dating Uh and wipes the mind of his (laughs) ex-girlfriend Uh, but I was enjoying the young, hip, new kids at the Xavier's to go to the mall bit. Yeah. Um, and I was really enjoying the super depressing 80s Polish movie about of, of <laughs> star, starring Magneto. Like, that was really good. Like, it was like the Polish version of a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Uh, it was great. He's the real. Oh, no, 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 no. But like, a story by and Diane. Every, every day, you know, he gets up and he goes to the mill to earn a little bit for his family so they to, can live. You know. To do it by hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that he could rip everybody apart. But um, I'm going to pour the molten lead. I mean, you know, the second we were introduced to his wife and child, I'm like, oh, well, they're dead. <laughs> like, yeah. They are not making it out of the first I, 40 minutes of this yeah. movie. I, mean, I think we all they just got went, fridged. so that's how Apocalypse gets him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. every single time the he's not the, the modern X-Men prequel <laughs> movies that are sort of not prequels, like, <laughs> every time those movies are just about James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence in a love triangle, mm-hmm. right? Like, they are the best movies because none of those actors know how to give bad performances. I mean, okay, in this one, Jennifer Lawrence is actually sleepwalking through a lot of it. Yeah. But I understand that she's being weighed down by the fact that she has, like, an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> those things are heavy, man. Right? <laughs> and she's like, why did I sign up for this? Like, Fassbender just doesn't know how to not act well. Yeah. Like, I think he's, like, maybe in real life he's a really tortured dude it's not a performance. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. I'm really excited for Assassin's Creed, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's, that's, that's that's that looks incredible. It looks super great. The only guy who could do like Macbeth, a video game movie and an X-Men movie and they all look good when he's in it. Weirdly, that Macbeth movie is made 
by the same director and with the entire same cost as, as the Assassin's Creed movie, pretty much. Well, that's amazing. Sure, okay. I really look forward for the Macbeth having a reveal at the end where it's just in the animus and it's a prequel. Too. <laughs> Did anybody enjoy... There were, certain, there were certain nods, certain homages to the, to, to the comics. Certain. <laughs> <laughs> Do it louder. I don't think we can hear you. Uh, I... Maz, are you okay? Would you like a drink? Is there something wrong? Oh, I have coffee. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, suffering from homage sickness. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is homage to previous podcasts. That joke works better if you can read it. Was <laughs> it pots of future coffee past? Uh, the, the, I have unstoppable... Apparently now heat laser beams from my eyes. Oh, man. So let's wrap some Terry Towling around my head. Look, here's Oof. the thing, right? It Which, looks hideous. Yeah, when was the first time that happened? Like, Classic X-Men 1. Oh, you know what? The, 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 the random cloth? Yeah, the random um, cloth. I'm pretty sure the first time it's canonically used, as far as I know, is when he and Lee Forrester, um, the first in the many of... Unfortunate woman he dates while Jean is dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lied. Did she also he dates have... Colleen Wing for like 10 minutes. Yes. Does she also have red hair and green no, eyes? No, no, she's blonde. Uh, she's delightful. She then. That's uh, why I didn't laugh. She then dates Magneto for a while, which is awesome because. Uh. And then she briefly dates Cable. It's really awkward. It's a big book of bad choices. To be fair, if, if you know Magneto, you date Magneto. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Good. they're living. They're living on on, uh, and this is actually um, they're living on a on this super awesome Cthulhu island in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah, that's yeah, that lovely. Built. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, he definitely didn't build. It. He raised it from the yes. ocean. It's it's in, they never deal with it, mm-hmm. but it's implied really strongly that yeah. it's gonna it's gonna tie into something, and it's like I don't know some Atlantean or Lemurian thing. And it just never gets there. It's like it's it's like sort of. The X-Men fight him there, yeah. and then they live there for a while, and then Ileana goes to Limbo and becomes a demoness, and mm-hmm. then they move back to New York, and Magneto moves back in. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, look what they left. And, and then, like, uh, but but the point is, right, so they, they wash up on that island, mm-hmm. um, and Scott just drapes a piece of cloth over his face, and that's how you you know his eyes are closed, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but this he can't just he's, close his eyes. He's closing his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but like, I don't know why. Anyway, it's a visual signifier. The thing about Psychops, right, is... Depending on who you ask, his the force beams from his eyes do create heat because they're lasers sometimes, except when they're not. Yes, except when they're force beams. Except when they're not. Yes. I mean, they're referred to as shooting concussive force from his face, mm-hmm. so they they shouldn't uh, they shouldn't melt things. Correct. They shouldn't uh, set things on fire. But but they do frequently. And also, <laughs> in the first ever X Men comic, they're also the exact counter force to Magneto's magnetic fields. Somehow. Like, they don't make any sense. Look, man, I will tell you a thing it's about Silver Age X-Men comics. In fact, most X-Men comics. Apparently, people who write X-Men don't understand how magnetism works. <laughs> like, they do not know what magnetism <laughs> is. They've heard of it, What's but it? they're not sure what it does. I think I know what they did. They found out that if you heat a magnet, it loses its magnetism. So but, those but he doesn't have heat. So moment he did, and then he used all of his heat on that. And now it's just a beam that shoves you. It's a douchebag ray, basically. I have a headcanon thing where the amount of pressure he creates... Generates heat because it's did you say you have a head cannon? A head cannon. You developed your own. Have you never heard of head cannon? Head cannon's a thing. It's, it's a totally thing. a thing. It's fancy. Yeah. It's, it's your way of explaining away things that don't make sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. A head cannon. That's head why. Cannon. That's like why I. Remember that's why I read. Remember it was called bullshit. That's no, why sure, I sure. read the handbook of the Marvel universe. No, sure, sure, but it's it's that thing you do where you have to you you read a thing and like you read a comic right and you're you you know there's an there's a reference to. I don't know, the original cost of Saturday Night Live. And you're like, mm. well, 
Beast couldn't have been couldn't have been more than three in 1975 mm. because he's 40-something in 2016. So what he meant to say was, whatever that reference about... Um, uh, uh, oh, man, I'm completely forgetting. Um, not Dan Aykroyd, not Bill Murray, the other one. Belushi. Oh, Belushi. Whatever the Belushi reference is, just insert Andy Samberg. No. <laughs> or whoever. Like, exactly not even no, no, it's, it's not. It's not but, yeah. you, but you know my point. Is like, like you have to like mentally go, like, oh, he didn't mean that. He meant this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, now it's the, the cast of Will Ferrell from that era. <laughs> or, or, or it's like, oh, he's, 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 you've got to just insert the word rerun. All right. Whenever he says we, something. We got, I just generally got just shrug. And, we got a head cannon. Yeah, I just shrug and go, because comic books. Okay. Yeah, sure. What do, we, uh, <laughs> what do we think of Jean Grey? Um... Less bad than I thought she was. I really don't like Game of Thrones, so I really wasn't expecting to like her. I really uh-huh. like she her. was okay. Yeah. Like she was perfectly fine. Like I, I like I like the actress. Mm. I thought she was interesting. Her American accent wasn't the worst. Like Jean didn't really do a lot except to be pretty, have red hair, and at the end of and know, be a Deus Ex Machina at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I like, turned into the MacGuffin with the Phoenix. No, I'll say this. Gene was Gene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, all the things that happen in the movie, like, things that, like, that's literally what Gene Grey is in the comics. Yeah. Like, she's a character that like is supremely likable because she's really nice and super heroic. And she and frequently doesn't have a personality. Yeah. <laughs> she's Cyclops' girlfriend and he's given the angst over it, never her, uh, because she's super understanding. She's really powerful, and if only Xavier could kind of weirdly, creepily talk her down in bed every night. <laughs> oh, that was, that was so creepy. Like, then, then she's fine, and then, then he, Xavier at some point will say something like, Blossom, or like, yes, live, Jean, live, and then she will explode. Yes. Like, so, like, the only like thing a she did timed not, bomb. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that she did not do in this movie that she's famous for is die. Oh, <laughs> I love Jean Grey. I'm just saying, like, Jean Grey is a character that I genuinely, genuinely think should still be around. I know there is a version of Jean around, but like, Jean should just be around. reminded yeah. me. I um, saw a meme this week regarding that scene with Jean with, with all the flames and that. And so, I saw two versions of it. That same image twice. And the first one says, Jean Grey joins ISIS. And just this, like, the ball of fire. And the other one was a bit more obvious. Um, which I'm not going to say because I really don't want to offend Muslim people. Oh. But like the first one was the non-offensive one. Wow. ISIS can get bombed by the Russians to fucking the Stone Age. And, um, moving along. <laughs> uh, let me tell you a thing. Uh, there's two things I want to say. One, mm-hmm. you've reminded me about uh, Professor Xavier's sweet... Um, uh, no, 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 no. Sweet, sweet uh, t-shirt um, blazer combination throughout the movie. Yeah. And I really want him and Havok to solve crimes in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you know that Havoc is now MacGyver, right? Yeah, I saw that. What? I saw that. He's MacGyver in the new MacGyver TV show. Oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, dude, dude, anyway. dude. If you don't want to watch the new um, reboots, don't watch them. They're not going to retroactively go back in time hey, and destroy and all the copies of the original one. And then MacGyver, the, the most brilliant dramatic show to ever Guys, guys. It could be like Team Night or Team Night Rider. This could be a good thing. <laughs> you guys remember Team Night Rider? Mm. Or no. Baywatch Nights? <laughs> or Extreme Ghostbusters? Extreme Ghostbusters was a fucking was amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, unlike the other show, Extreme G.I. Joe, which is not about G.I. Joe in any way, shape, or form. G.I. Joe Extreme, sorry. That's right. I was, really, never even heard of I was really glad when Beast Wars was not called Transformers Extreme Wars. So... <laughs> <laughs> What were you saying? Oh, yeah. So, so like on the one hand, that's the same thing. I was really sad didn't happen throughout that movie. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, let's talk about how the best character in the movie got almost no dialogue. 
why was Jubilee cut repeatedly from that movie? Yeah, <laughs> she seems so cool. It wasn't up until the end of the film when you guys were talking about it and said, oh, is that who she was? <laughs> the girl with random the, the purple glasses the and the yellow, yellow jackets. Well, like how I much mean, more obvious? I mean, like, don't get me wrong. They only name check her once, and she never uses her power and almost never talks. Well, fucking like, there you go. To be fair, to it be literally fair. feels like sorry, but it, it feels like that moment where like they're all like the kids are hanging around the school, and Cyclops is kind of like, "No, man, we should go to the mall. We, we're going to take you out." It's like that's yeah. really a moment he's sitting up like Cyclops. This is when Cyclops becomes the leader. Mm-hmm. Jubilee's like this fun girl hanging out with them. Yeah, Jeans. unfortunately, they're wrong. <laughs> Nightcrawler, yeah, he's a metaphor. Okay, like it's a great a walking metaphor. And it feels like it's about to bust into like ninety nine red balloons. We're gonna watch them like joyride. And it's gonna be awesome. And then it just it doesn't. And then you have seen that same scene done in the musical Wicked. Sure, sure, sure. But but like it's something the X Men movies have never done. It would be great. It's something that like X Men also in comics. It's like particularly in that the Claremont years, we'll get like crazy arc, huge trauma, and then like baseball, baseball, baseball. Like it's like this was that moment. Like the team hanging out just. Being kids for a while because that only enhances the the fact that like when they go through a hard trauma, like there's still real people with real lives and normal shit going on, and they have to stand up to all the hectic crap that happens. Mm -hmm. And like when you when you waste that moment, like and also when you waste Jubilee, Jubilee's like one of the best characters in X Men. To be fair, I'm like starting to suspect that this movie, and I don't want to say intentionally not, is just like a lot sexist. Because a lot of the most useless characters in this movie are all women, right? So you have Jean Grey, who's just kind of there and does her sort of MacGuffin. Being, is is there's a bit of a MacGuffin towards the end of the movie. You have Storm, who could have been swapped out by, like, no. a shop with TV screens. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> like, being reflected through the window. To be fair, like, the, the, like, five lines of dialogue she had were great. They were I great. thought she was really cool. <laughs> yeah, but, like, then she does next to nothing for the rest of the movie until the yeah. end, where she sort of just... Stands around aimlessly while this huge fight is going on right until the end when she's like, oh, they're winning. Let me go she, help them she, out. Right? She is allowed to emote more than Olivia Munn, though. Yeah, <laughs> Olivia Munn, who, who is basically a horseman because she showed up. Like, it's like, maybe that's five seconds before that. It's not going to be as good a record Wait, wait, can we stop a second? Because I want to talk about Caliban. I would like to talk about Caliban. Finn Duke Caliban is best Caliban. Somehow he made the whole thing where Caliban talks in the third person really work. It was so cool! Why is Caliban Caliban not like that? Uh, Also, why is he dead? (laughs) When I saw Caliban, I was like, oh, I, I enjoyed Caliban from the comics. Oh no, I like this. Guy. <laughs> yeah, this Caliban's cool. Well, like, he was great. Also, like when I saw Caliban, I was like, ah, it's Berlin. Like, <laughs> yeah, you. I was like, ah. <laughs> that, that's it. That's Germany. That would explain why I looked like the freaking narrator from Cabaret. Yeah, yeah. that's like I, I was like, oh yeah, it's the eighties. It's eighties. It's eighties Berlin. Oh, this, this dude is. It's, this, it's contemporary Berlin. Oh sure, sure, sure. But this this dude's a a uh, gender fluid um, dude who's doing a shit ton of cocaine. <laughs> And possibly runs a slaving ring. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, so then, like, you have this whole movie where, like, all of the women are, are like, a little bit useless. Even Moira. Like, the whole reason yeah. Apocalypse w- wakes up is because Moira fucks up and, like, no, leaves no, the thing no, open no, and then the sun comes in. Like, had Moira not gone down there, Apocalypse would not have risen. I didn't, so I didn't personally take that as Basically. No, like, not the she's CIA. A, she's the CIA. Moira. She is the CIA. And like, I mean, these movies, ah, yeah. I mean, they're... And like, that's the thing. I was Oliver Platt, man. Yeah, I was Oliver Platt, too. Why was Oliver Platt 
shot in this movie. Yes. He died. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, really? He was yeah. teleporting to the sky and dropped from a very high height. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant Oliver Platt died. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, that's fine. Like, I was just really sad for a minute. His character, the unnamed man in black, died. The yeah. dude who was almost certainly, um... Leyland? No, oh, Fred, Fred, Frederick Duncan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, uh, Super Doctor Astronaut Peter Corbeau, but then I remembered he's a different guy. Super Doctor Astronaut. I think that's a nod to... Oh. Uh, uh, a completely different to, podcast. To, can we, you, we, 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 we're welcome to give them the nod. Uh, can can we, listen can to we, Jay and Miles explain the X-Men. Yeah, seriously, if you, if, you, if you enjoy the X-Men in any way, you need to be listening to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men. You really do. <laughs> so back to our own modern life, X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, 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 Dizzy. I'm going to let you finish, but men are talking. <laughs> no, because it's, it's metatextual. It's metatextual about the movie, you see? Feel free to gloss it. I've used up my five lines, guys. I can't say anymore. Dizzy. Explode, hard at the camera. Dizzy. The audio camera. Where you change sides. Dizzy. We're at the 55-minute mark. Yeah. Release your anger and kill Greg. <laughs> Why do you guys assume I'm only going to kill Greg? I'm Whoa, Whoa, guys, guys, Liz. I'm clearly either Xavier or Magneto. Naz is the brown person. He's a populist. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, am I Latin American or Egyptian? Oh, is, isn't Oscar Isaac actually part like Egyptian? I, I was looking at something where his, like, oh, he's got a really complicated... Uh, if that is so, then I will, I'll retract my statement. He's, he's like, um, he's like uh, Johnny Depp. You know, he's at least mm-hmm. one 158th uh, Cherokee. <laughs> How did... Considering oh. that Cerebro... Oh, sorry, you were, you, were, you were busy talking. I was going to say, seeing as we were talking about all the sort of weird things in the movies, can we just have a moment to think about how hella creepy Jean and Wolverine's, like, infatuation whoa, is now? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's roll back there. And who else was really hoping that when they opened that cage, it was Liev Schreiber? <laughs> like, how great would that have been? That would have been <laughs> so bad. It's the Manchurian candidates. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. The cut. No, dude, it's cotton weary. <laughs> it's kind of the oh, point that I was about to make. It's kind of the point I was about to make. How is it that it's been, what, 10 years since Days of Future Past? Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've got Cerebro, which can track down any mutant on the planet. Where was that guy with the claws that helped save to me? Be fair, from that last I think movie? they all thought he all was right, dead. Let's not ever think of him again. <laughs> I think uh, Xavier and actually not even thinks Wolverine's a douche. So I gotta thank God as long as he's not a douche. No, 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 no. It's just that Xavier is a douche. Yeah, so yeah, he's just like, again, he's a jerk. It's canon. Trying to establish that that uh, Alkali Lake uh, base where Wolverine's kept is obviously shielded by the same mm. like anti-psychic plating that William Stark has developed. Fine. Gotcha. Uh, Alkali Lake. The yeah. only lake named after its pH value. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that this time it was actually a lake, though. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why they didn't like Wolverine is because he's a smoker. <laughs> not in those movies, he's not. Not in the movies. No, I'm sure he does briefly, like briefly in days, I think he does it like for five seconds in no. Days of Future Past. And in X-Men 2, he uh, is told to put out a cigar and he never smokes again. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the thing. Like, he's like, oh, oh, you're right, this is bad for me. No, <laughs> I think, no it's a great bit. It is, when the X-Men movies were good, in 2002, um, like, the, the bit is uh, Wolverine comes back from Alkali Lake. <laughs> Alkali. And he tells Xavier that he couldn't find the base. Xavier rolls him into Cerebro and, and he's smoking behind him. Uh, Xavier goes, no smoking in Cerebro, please. And he puts out in his hand, uh, like 
Remember when those movies kind of oh, yeah. got what the deal was with those characters? Well, you, you, you reminded me of something, which is we, we were talked about it as we saw the movie. Um, we, we were talking about. Sorry, the, did you say you were talking during the movie? Oh yes. Oh boy, were we? <laughs> Sorry to the people sitting behind us. Noisy. No, 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 no. There was those other guys in the front row. There was a guy who, like, before the movie even started, I wanted to just like jump over and like hit him in the mouth. That guy was just like being the worst. Like at one point, I don't know who it was, right? But at one point he turns around and very intelligently Bear in mind, he almost certainly listens to this podcast. Who turns around and goes, Oh my god, why did you pay for all the previews? And I'm like, do you not? understand how movies work no, no he <laughs> uh, and I kept making like these little comments and I just wanted to just mm-hmm. oh that was us we kept making no, the no, little no, comments no, no, we were no, next no, to no, no. Yeah. I know what you oh, I, was, listen, I was the guy that was organized it. I was annoyed at the, I was annoyed at the previews but I understand the frustration with the comment. Uh, there was a point in the previous where I was like, can we go back to that previous mo- trailer? Because it was oh, terrible, but was these like, ads are dead bad. When the ads were on, I was like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 looks kind of good now. On the shadow. Okay. But it's Michael Bay, so everything that was good about it is in that trailer. It's not Michael Bay, though. Michael Bay produced. We're going to move along from the trailers. Because we're going to talk about the movie. Yes. Let's talk about the movie again. Okay. Greg, you were saying your thing. I was. So like we were talking in the movie, right? Yeah. And we were discussing the the uh, we were discussing Brian Singer's OVO. Uh, and, and we were talking about how you know what uh, the, the the usual suspects is not as good as we remember it being. It, like watch it, it's a good movie, but it's not like it, it's like the twist makes it like this phenomenal thing in your head. Mm-hmm. But like in retrospect, it's like a really well acted movie that's okay. Mm. Like it's like okay. Yeah. Mm. But but we we boil down to so you know Superman Returns is Brian Singer's love letter to the Richard Donner Superman movies of the 70s and yeah. his, his, his enjoyment of them as a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, X-Men Apocalypse is Brian Singer's love letter to the X-Men movies of the early 2000s uh, by <laughs> Brian Singer. It's a self-referential love letter. Are you saying that X-Men Apocalypse is a masturbatory epic? Here's the thing about X-Men Apocalypse, right? It's the most X-Men movie I've ever seen because... Nothing really makes sense, and every third thing is a reference to something that happened 16 years ago. <laughs> that is a fantastic summary. Oh, and there's too many people. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's like, there's the cage fight, right? Mm-hmm. There's a cage fight. I want to see that cage fight movie. Like, there is a different movie that I wanted to see. <laughs> but, but there's that, right? There is a, there's the freaking Alkali Lake. Like the kids get kidnapped from the, the mansion, mm-hmm. and William Stryker comes in and delivers the exact line that Stryker delivers in X Men Two, which is oh, uh, "Leave the kids or leave the children." Yeah, but the, the, some, there's another. There's the make, the film ends with Magneto and Xavier having the fucking same conversation they have at the end of X Men Two. Yep. So essentially, like, there's just all these like homages constantly, and then they like there's so many homages they're not homages anymore. It's like, no, dude, we've seen this movie. It's fine. Like you, you don't get to homage yourself. Like you don't. Not, not this much. I thought the. I thought it was a nice touch that Jean Grey and Magneto stared into one another's eyes as they rebuilt the X Mansion, and I just kept thinking, so who's rebuilt the world? Oh yeah, yeah because the sheer mass destruction around the globe, Magneto. You, you got you got some redemptive work to do, and it involves an extreme makeover. It's about twenty five million years of community service. Uh-huh. On, on, on a side note, right? So so in Egypt at, at the climactic fight of the fight of the, of the movie, right? Uh-huh. Like Storm and 
Angel and uh, <laughs> Psylocke are all defending Apocalypse. And Magneto is sitting there making metal fly in, in, in pretty geometric shapes the whole movie. Yeah. Why? Because it's implied it's really important, but it's never explained why. Because he's, he's busy messing up the rest of the planet. No, no, but like, like it's, it's, you know, there's a point where he and Apocalypse are raising buildings. And then there's a point where for 30 minutes of the movie, he just sits there making pretty patterns in the yep. sky. <laughs> I think it's because he's trying to pull all of the metal up out of the ground. Yeah, but that's yeah. not in any way made clear. It's just... Uh, <laughs> no, I did say it. Apocalypse said, do that, and then we'll rebuild it. Yeah, and then for 20 minutes, he was still there. <laughs> so that's what he was doing around the okay, globe. Okay, headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, so Magneto almost definitely killed... Maybe he didn't kill millions of people, but he didn't kill oh, like no, thousands he, of people. Or whatever, oh, right? Let's, let's hundreds of thousands of people. Let's, let's, let's whittle it down to a high but low number. Thousands, right? Yeah. Hang on. Just taking out Manhattan sure, sure. is so a couple of millions. 10 million people. So, yeah. Magneto does this across the entire globe. After a scene in which Apocalypse takes Magneto to Auschwitz and is like, Ah, yes. When people annihilated all the people. Don't you feel really bad about this? About the, the Holocaust? You should destroy Auschwitz. Like, you should do that. It's like, that's like a really great moving scene. And it makes a lot of sense. I, I was actually in the bathroom during that scene, but I, I believe you. It takes it into, like, you know, kind of full circle. It's, it, it's a bit cheesy that, like, we can see Psylocke in the background of the shot. And Michael Bethany is on his knees. Crying and ripping the metal from the earth. And there's a woman staying there in a swimsuit. Like, but... It's cool. That's excellent, right? Fine. High with, boots. Okay? I think, but but mm. the fact that like that happens, and then later it's just like, and I get that Magneto's character is inherently kind of hypocritical. That's kind of his deal. Yeah. But the fact that like it's like, oh yeah, and then he destroys everything on Earth, and at the end of the movie he gets a nice snazzy suit, and he leaves the X Mansion with like a skip in his step, and Xavier's like, oh buddy. Yeah. All you need, the, all you need well, is a well, to redeem himself was to build a house is and like not even do it. In- it's it's very big house. It's explained in the very first X Men movie. We are the future, Charles, not them. They no longer matter. Okay. So he's still doing like, that. He's just oh, not sure. saying that loud here's, anymore. Here's the thing about the X Men movies, right? Is that like we have this great thing where each character does something in the previous movie, forgets they did it, and then gets like super upset. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that they did, right? So in Days of Future Past, like Xavier told Mystique to leave, mm-hmm. and then in you know, like at the end of the first class, and then in Days of Future Past, is super sad that she listened to him. <laughs> so essentially, the entire X-Men universe's true foe is ADD. Uh, it's continuity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, which is accurate. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, the other problem, you know, like, there are elements of the second trilogy of X-Men movies, the, uh, I don't know what we're going to call them, I guess the first class movies. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a better name for it. But anyway, but the problem is, they keep making them with... With some weird idea that this is going to be the last one, which mm-hmm. is definitely not going to be. Yeah, they know it's not. We're like we're like I twelve X Men movies deep at this point. I think maybe they were looking at what Sony did with Spider Man. Oh, sure, sure. But but so <laughs> yeah. so what we what we've had is the last Temptation of Magneto. No, no, definitely the last this time Temptation of Magneto. <laughs> no, for real, these guys. <laughs> and you know what happens at the end of this one? Magneto is not a bad guy still. Yeah. 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 So so that means we're going to have. Three or four movies with a different actor as Magneto because Fassbender's contract is out. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jennifer so Lawrence. All, all, all of the contracts are up. All, all the characters who signed up for the first last movie signed up for three movie contracts. Well, mm. although the big players. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, Jennifer Lawrence didn't. All the big players are Nicholas. It's only. What the hell? Hugh Jackman, apparently, he's got one more um, thing for Wolverine. Wolverine. He signed a three movie contract back when Doug Ray Scott tricked the X Men. Yeah, movies. well, Doug Ray Scott <laughs> would have been terrible, let's be fair. Also, Which one was Doug Ray Scott? Sorry. He was originally cast as Wolverine and couldn't be in it because he had to do research for MI2. Um, yeah. There's there's a career decision that went badly. I, I had been oh, told that um, he broke his ribs during filming, no, 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 no. and that's why he couldn't. Maybe. Maybe. But I mean, it, 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 it may have been, but the reshoots because of that breaking ribs yeah, caused him to run into when the X Men movie yeah. started. To, and the X Men movie was not a multi billion dollar industry at the time. Like yeah. it was, it was a big risk on New Line's part. Yeah. yeah. So the, the new the new series of movies is called X Men uh, X Men First Class Second Helping. <laughs> um, we finished on a X Men after Genesis. credits. <laughs> oh god! That was the worst. We, we just physically—I uh, yeah. just physically watched Naz's backbone lose his body <laughs> you, as he slumped over. My imagined skills and it's gone. <laughs> but what was great about that, right, was people were really confused at the end of the last X Men movie when we did the because you know the the the, the end of credit sequence at the end of Days of Future Past was mm. Egypt. And a whole bunch of like dude, four dudes on a on a hill overlooking the pyramid. People were like, oh, four dudes on camels on it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and people were like, oh yeah, it's apocalypse. And then those dudes start chounting "Ends up and And those guys were, like, every, the audience was like, what the fuck is going on? And you're like, so it's a good nod for the comics I, fans. I know it's apocalypse, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But wow, they outdid themselves. <laughs> Three random dudes walk through the Weapon X faculty. Um, and steal some blood, and I, I shit you not, the entire time that was happening, I'm like, cool, this is an X-23 knot, right? Mm -hmm. No. They close the suit briefcase and it says SX Corporation, and I'm like, no one is going to know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Vic, do you know what that means? Yes, it's Mr. Sinister. Okay, cool. Good. Did someone tell you? Yes. I, don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, unless you have read... A really hard <laughs> amount of 90s X-Men comics. At the end of the X-Men cartoon, there was a fucking terrifying cliffhanger line like that, where Scott and Jean are sitting on the beach and they're talking about hope for the future, and this camera That's is zooming in on them and this voice says, hope for the future, and this fucking demonic laugh, and it says, sinister knows what your future holds, and there I sat going, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, that, that's the end of season one. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was great. And, and that is a great cliffhanger. And that was a great cliffhanger. the best villain in that context. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he was so much cooler in the comics. No, I mean, in, in, the, in the cartoon. Which leads to another X-Men question. Where the hell is Morph? Um, he's not a character. He Morph doesn't is exist. not he's, a character in the comics. He's, 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 he's not a character that was created for the TV show. He's... A I'm weird version. He's a weird version of a character who hadn't been around for years. Who died? Who okay. died pretending to be Charles Xavier? Yeah. Um, subsequent to that, a character called Morph has shown up, who's completely different to that one. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's uh, an age of apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. morph became the standard morph. And really, like, that should be the standard morph. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Although even then, it was that weird because he shows up in Exiles, but it's not Age of Apocalypse Morph. It's a dude who's like Age of Apocalypse Morph, oh, but it's no. not. Okay. And then he became Proteus. We have we have a we have a nod. To Nathaniel Essex. Oh, yeah. Who gained his powers from? Apocalypse. Who's dead. So... Oh, like, that's fine. I really want him to be um, a... Maybe a, he drank something in the Egyptian drinking water. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I want him to be um, a, a, a ten-year... The original origin for Mr. Sinister, which is a ten-year-old, uh, super-powerful uh, psychic mutant 
idea of what the boogeyman at Scott's orphanage should have been. Mm, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah that, that is what Mr. Sinister was meant to be. That's I, why he has a dorky name. Totally Jeez, that, would, that would explain his teeth. Well, also why he's called Mr. Sinister, which yeah, sounds like a name a 10-year-old can't Or why he's wearing a weird, like, Dracula Venetian blouse. <laughs> Thing. He's uh he's um he's, he's got he, the diamond symbol right guys, here. Guys, he's, he's, he's hair metal Dracula. That's, that's his yeah. whole thing. Uh, um, that's why he that's why his his henchmen were the nasty boys. <laughs> oh, oh man. Wow. Dual singer. Yes. No, no, the nasty boys were great. Yeah. They were gorgeous George and Hairball oh, and Ruckus. <laughs> Ruckus was amazing. He had like this amazing, like light pink, like poofy hair <laughs> and a super rad. Bar. Where are those dudes? Are they dead? Are no, they? Were they M dayed? I think they gorgeous. M dayed. Gorgeous. Gorgeous George is a is, is an, a sentient pile of purple, purple black ooze yes, yeah. that that uh, appears as. A dreadlocked man in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah. I didn't want to say that he was so definitely Caribbean. He's the gelatinous Jehovah's Witness. Curious, gorgeous George. I like uh, contemporary Mr. Sinister. Well, I don't know what he looks like currently because I'm not super caught up on. Oh, he's he's back to being glam rock Dracula. Ah. Okay. Oh, no. I like the um, like Victorian Victorian genetics. Victorian dandy Sinister. Yeah. Victorian geneticist dandy Sinister is like a pretty great take. Yeah. So like the thing is, you've heard about who they. Probably cast him as a sister in the Wolverine movie, right? No. Mm-mm. Is it Hugh Dancy? Tell me it's Hugh Dancy. It's not Hugh Dancy. Oh. So, well, they're, they're making the Wolverine 2. Yes. They haven't Which said is, who... They, they've kind of outright said it's Old Man Logan, though. They, they have. Yeah. And they've mm-hmm. said that X-Men Theory is probably in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've also cast... The rumor is that Mr. Sinister will be the bad guy. But the, uh, the casting is uh, Richard E. Grant. What? Oh, I mean, I like Richard E. Grant. Yeah. I like the local boy, Richard E. Grant. Uh, <laughs> he's from he's <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Actually, that is exactly what Australia does to New Zealand. Oh, but that's, that's, what, that's what the entire New South Africa has done to Richard E. Grant. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in that movie everyone likes with Nell and I. Local, that no one's local, seen. local boy done good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take him. Actually, Richard E. Grant would do what was Mr. Sinister? As an so. older Mr. Particularly Sinister. Particularly Victorian dandy Mr. Sinister. He was a Vic- an evil Victorian dandy. Yeah, I was yeah, saying he's an evil Victorian dandy in Doctor Who. Where he plays the great intelligence. Yes. Briefly, oh, wow. I mean, for a second when I saw him, I was like, "What the hell is he supposed to be?" And then he's a Scrooge, <laughs> and then it turns out, yeah, pretty much, pretty mm. much. Yeah, Patrick but, but, Stewart's been confirmed for yeah. Wolverine Two. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like the movie wow. is going to have a direct. Oh, good. It seems like the movie is potentially going to follow up on that teaser from the end of the Wolverine. Oh, the one, the one, the one for Days of Future Past that the makes movie. no sense and ruins the best thing about the Wolverine. Yes. Um, which I you might remember that is Wolverine is an airport. Yeah, and they don't the... and go, "Hey, uh, you should come with us." No, no, no. Yeah. First, first, he doesn't. He doesn't set off the the metal detector because he no longer has adamantium on his bones, right. which is a callback to earlier in the movie. And then everyone freezes, and Xavier, who's been dead, dead according to the movies, flies in on his magic floating metal chair. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Wolverine, you have to come with me." And he's like, "Charles, why are you flying on this magic metal chair?" And Ian McKellen goes, "Sup." <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I need to go home and watch that DVD now. <laughs> that movie's great. That teaser's terrible, but that movie is great. Well, it's great-ish. No, I really like the Wolverine. The biggest problem with the Wolverine is at the end of it, he has to no. find a giant robot. No. It's really the good up in the Yeah. Oh, that's the best X-Men movie, guys. No, 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 no. I'm with you, except for the giant samurai. No, no, yeah, like, it's, it's this really I, cool, I dark, neo-noir, and then there's a robot at the end. <laughs> I could not reconcile that every time, hey, You've got no healing factor right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, all good. So every time you pop your claws, 
Yeah. Where's the blood? There was not a single it drop of blood. It wasn't an R rated movie. It wasn't an R rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm fine with that. And yeah. The next one might be, though. Uh, let, let me ask you is that more problematic than the full length katanas popping out of Ryan Reynolds' wrists? In the previous Wolverine movie. Which one is really the problem, guys? Comparing piles of shit does justice to neither. Well, yeah, but we're talking about the Wolverine, which is great. I I wanted it. I wanted to enjoy it so much. Then I don't understand why you didn't. It's, it's, it's definitely it's one so of the good best until ones. there's a robot oh, in the third act. Mm. It's the most Wolverine movie. I mean, what, what's, what I do love about them, all the X Men movies. Yeah. There, was a, there was a really cool point when I watched it with Claire. And it's, it's my girlfriend, for those of you who don't know. Hey, Claire. Claire. Hey, Claire. Hey, Claire. So we were watching it, and I remember looking at it, it's these guys committing sepulchres. Oh, Christ. And he said, What? So you couldn't possibly <laughs> the nuke goes off and like no I fucking know why they're killing each yeah, other. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that scene is great. Uh, that, yeah. that is great. But it's like the, the best thing about that robot. And I hate the robot. But the best thing about the robot is how really really specific the robot's plan is. <laughs> At some point, Wolverine will be hanging off a cliff and he'll try and stab me and I'll grab his hand and then then the specially built hand will drill an adamantium out of his. What? Yeah. Like such a contrived over like. I what? Did. what? Back, you can see Dick Dastardly. <laughs> the scene, the scene where the hand jumped him in the village below, that was incredible. Yeah, no, it was great. How about that it bullet train scene? Couldn't. Was good, but there was so much other stuff that just distracted from it. That I went, Oh, you mean uh, like storyline and like interesting characters? Yukio! <laughs> Yukio's the best! Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just change Yukio's backstory entirely. No, no dude, that's the that's best. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the uh. thing is, Yukio in 1980s is absolutely a short-haired woman who wears a black one, uh, onesie um, mm. and, and murders people. Yukio in, two th- in the mid-2000s is absolutely like a... Like a Gogo Yabari-esque, um, like multicolored hair, like short skirt, <laughs> murder lady. Like it's great. It was a great Here's update of that character. Mm-hmm. Oh, but like the nice thing is also is, is like she with was, comic book movies, it's okay if you change something sometimes, right? If it makes the character more interesting, if it mm-hmm. goes close to the spirit of the character, it's okay to change things. Because if I wanted to see the exact same character, I'd just read the goddamn comic. I had book. to accept. Like we need to be okay with that sometimes. I had to accept when the first movie came out, when the first X Men movie came out, I had to steal myself for it because I, I lo- I'm passionate. My love for the X Men. Were you sad about tall, handsome Wolverine? No, but I had to to realize that there was no way they were going to condense 35 to 40 years of history into 95 minutes in order to make sure everybody understood what was going on. I had to accept that. Yeah. Now, it's not 2000 and... What? 2000. 2000, literally 2000. 2000 anymore yeah it's 16 years along where well when did wolverine come out two years ago um two or three six, years? six, six now because yeah. there's been two x-men movies in between so even 10 years after that when people go wow wolverine solo movie and people know what's happening that you can do a better job acknowledging the the history of the comics like, Except what? like Marvel's getting right in Civil War. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, but, like but it, I think, it, you know, like Marvel does stuff like those minor tweaks all the time and they work mm. really well. Yeah. Um, like, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't like that Marvel's changed. That, like, like Hank Pym being an old dude. 
Um, like yeah. that, that, Hank, Hank that is the life. best Ant-Man. Because Hank is great. Yeah. I mean, like, the worst well, Ant-Man, but also the best. He's the worst guy. He is the worst, bestest. Well, what makes him the best Ant-Man is that he's the worst Ant-Man. Yes, but but at the same time, I'm like. It's fine. It's the movie. The real version of the character is the character mm-hmm. from the comics. That's the one that's bonded with Ultron right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll take that. See, Scott Lang, Scott Lang was great, but there, there could have been a way to have a Hank Pym in his 40s hand over the suit. Oh, yeah. Sure. And there, there could have been a way have to have to be Michael Douglas. not be dead. Yeah. I mean, um, I really think they should have found a way to do that yeah. because <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. But, but, like, what I'm saying is, like, Ultimately, these are adaptations. I'm okay with mm. a certain degree of adaptation as long as they get the tone, like the theme and the feel right. What's and I felt like Yukio, for example, is a great way for them to go, okay, this is who Yukio is. Ultimately, what is she? She's Wolverine's buddy who's a badass assassin woman from Japan. All right, I will go back and watch it under that. You really mindset. should. It's you really great. should. It's, mm-hmm. it, in that sense, it really is the best of the X-Men movies, and it's a really good adaptation of what Wolverine's deal is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's like when uh, when Zack Snyder makes a Batman movie and he stays true to Batman's love of guns and murdering people. That said, I have seen a collage of images throughout Batman's history where he's used guns. Regular. Oh, no. sure, look, look, the thing is, most of the, most of the, like, there, there are definitely stories where it happens, mm-hmm. but they're either ludicrous, like year two, where Batman keeps the gun that killed his parents in a glass case and teams up with Joe Chill to fight the mob. That's a weird story, guys. That is a very um, weird story. And then there's, like, the stories from the 30s where they didn't really know what they were doing and Batman murders a vampire with a gun. So, <laughs> hey... Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool comic, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. In the more recent so, times, the last time he had a gun, he shot a god in the face that was destroying all of the earth. He shot a god in the face. He shot a god side of the chest. And also, that's meant to be Batman losing. Yeah. Like, that moment is like Batman wins, but he ultimately but loses. He loses because so, like, he broke his one card. Like, where it works because the people telling the story knew what they were doing. Mm. And sometimes when they didn't, but then the stories are bad and we ignore them. Yeah. Like, but the, you know. It, it's about the getting the, the overall thematic resonance of that character, the, the distilled idea of what a character is across. Right. Yeah. I have to ask now, by the way, are we recommending comics in this podcast? I think, well, considering the topic, yeah. that what, yeah, we're going to have to. Can we take a break so I can pee and then we can come back and do that? Because I really got to can You can do that now. I know, but we're someone should cut that out. We're going to keep talking. <laughs> At least close the door when you do it, because <laughs> apparently you resonate sound-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well then, let's do it without Greg's knowledge. Let's start with you, Naz. Um, I'm going to recommend... Uh, In relation to the, 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 the movie that we've oh. mostly been talking about, we've, been, we've kind of strayed off topic a couple of times, but talking about the X-Men Apocalypse movie, can you recommend something that somebody would enjoy? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you just brought it up. Before you do that, I, I strongly suspect that we may have to re-record this because that was not soft. Okay, let's just start. Hey, Franco, Franco, Franco has certain skills and abilities. Let's wait for Greg to get out of the spot. You start do that again. I have returned. Uh, thank you, General MacArthur. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a reference no one understands. He, he did. Well, like he did. All right, so let's talk 
about comics around this particular movie, what could you recommend to people for people to read that might be able to get a better understanding of Apocalypse, a more enjoyable read on Apocalypse, more enjoyable read on the Horseman? Oh, wow, I have to go with Horseman? I was thinking just X-Men. <laughs> I was thinking too. Oh, okay, better, guys, better I'll, I'll answer that question well. if you want to do other X-Men. Better, 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 better understanding of the X-Men as a whole. I, there, there are definitely stories you could recommend that are good to figure out Apocalypse or to figure out the Horseman. Most of them don't study Star Apocalypse anyway. But yeah. Greg will take care. Um, I want to recommend my favorite X-Men comics of the last like 10 years. Like Comics that... Got me into comics is like a full-on collecting thing. Would it be the one that you've got tattooed on your arm? The one that I've got a tattoo <laughs> relating to on my arm, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, photos to be in the visual companion. Uh, the, Omega, <laughs> the Omega Scotland. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Omega um, Scotland. Yeah, the tattoo I have is uh, the Omega Gang uh, oh. symbol from, uh, from New X-Men. Gotcha. Uh, New X-Men, there have been many things called New X-Men, or a few books. <laughs> yeah, be specific. Very no, 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 it's just New X-Men and New X-Men Academy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I'm recommending is New X-Men, which has the great circular logo that says New X-Men, even if you flip it upside down. Oh, um, like Axis. Like Axis. <laughs> Except <laughs> readable. <laughs> um, I, I like Axis, but boy, that logo, that logo didn't do what they wanted it to do. <laughs> uh, New X-Men by Grant Morrison uh-huh. um, and a host of artists including Frank White Lee, who's the best, Phil Jimenez, Ethan Manscaver, Eagle Cordy, Eagle Cordy uh, uh, Chris Bacalow, uh, uh, Mark Silvestri of all people? Mark Silvestri. <laughs> so not a single foot should be seen. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, he draws a lot of feet in that Silvestri draws a lot of feet. He also draws the, the, the homage to the Days of Future Past arc, which yeah. is delightful. Mm. Here comes last, tomorrow. Yeah, it's also the last arc. Yeah. Um, okay. But there are three volumes of this as the New X-Men by Grant Morrison Ultimate Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, they are... Not to be confused with the Ultimate X-Men Collection. Not by Grant Morrison. The new Ultimate X-Men Collection. <laughs> <laughs> stay, away, stay away from the Ultimate X-Men Ultimate Collection by Mark Miller. Uh-huh. And go with the other X-Men book by the Scottish writer at the, that came out at the same time. J- just ask your tattoo. Yeah. Right. Just ask for a new X-Men, you'll be fine. There's uh, no other collections. Yeah, in, in 2001, Grant Morrison did X-Men just after the movie had come out, the uh-huh. first movie. And he kind of distilled what that movie was trying to do into a much better take on the X-Men than the movie could do because it was rooted in the comics. Right. He kind of does a run that is like X-Men Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. but redone for the 2000s. Gotcha. And those ideas hold up really well. He also does a really good job with the school and a really good job at rehabilitating Cyclops if you didn't like Cyclops before that. Yeah. If your idea of Cyclops comes from the 90s cartoon, you probably don't like Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Cyclops is the best. Cyclops is the goddamn best. But like my, like my understanding of Cyclops really changed when I read the, yeah. that comic. Also, um, he also made Jean Grey pretty awesome. Like, I love Jean Grey because of those she, comic books. He made her less of a deus ex machina and a... a, a she she was not the, the powerful, overly emotional, I can't control my feelings woman no. that uh, she was frequently. Oh, well, I, I, she is a <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the problems inherent with Jean and the Phoenix is, is from a metaphorical point, uh, Jean is a, a powerful woman in control, uh, who's, who can't control her emotions yeah. and therefore destroys everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, which is problematic. Essentially, Tom Martin doesn't write the best women in comics, <laughs> like by a long shot, but I think New X Men is a rare occasion of him writing two really good female, yeah. three really good female characters mm-hmm. Jean Grey, Emma Frost, and he introduces a new angel. Yeah. Uh, um, and Cassandra Nova is delightful. And Cassandra Nova is delightful. <laughs> okay. Delightful. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. He wrote that really good um, crazy Polaris issue. Crazy what? This what? Uh, pa- Polaris. Um, Magneto's daughter. The sometimes Polaris. other daughter of, of oh, Magneto. Yeah. Polaris. The ha- Havocs. The green Squeeze. Head. Sometimes. Sometimes. Iceman's ex-girlfriend sometimes. Occasional, occasional vehicle of malice. Uh, sure. Also, 
Magneto's daughter, not Magneto's daughter, Magneto's daughter. She's Magneto's daughter currently. Here's what you need to know. She has green hair. And Magneto powers. And she powers. Magnet, magnet powers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's frequently crazy. Yep. I mean, that's a character-defining trait, which is really depressing. <laughs> yeah. Default. Okay, so I'm going to recommend the comic book that came out straight after New X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That was my next Because I was totally going to go for New X-Men. because uh, New X-Men is the... Comic is a, is the first X Men comic book story arc that I'd read properly, and it like made me fall in love with the X Men and understand them a lot more. And after that came the Astonishing X Men by Joss Whedon and uh, and uh, John Cassidy and John Cassidy and Laura Martin on the colors. Yes, Just and helping me out there. It is a gorgeous, <laughs> insane. I think the important name there was Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> no, John Cassidy's art is amazing, right? And Laura Martin's colors are really good. It's Joss that Whedon. is true. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You hey, tell it. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm gonna let you finish. But uh, but you gotta finish first. But I you gotta finish first. first. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really, really great take on the X Men that feels a lot more different from the what you're used to with Xavier being around. Because at this point, Xavier's gone. It's a new dynamic well, with. I mean, he's, he's in a lot of that. He is in a lot of it, but he's not like the head of the school. He's <laughs> not really in charge. He's like mostly more of a support. Like he's more to the side, and sort of it's about Scott really running the school and like mm-hmm. new teachers and you get introduced to quite a few more um, new mutants who are interesting. They spend a lot of time in space, which is great. Mm. And it's just one of the, I don't want to say most fun, but it's definitely for me the most interesting because it did a lot of new things with the X-Men that I didn't really realize you could do. But then right. again, <laughs> new X-Men was one of the first that and like the TV show for me. Mm. So if you don't know a lot about the X-Men and you want to read cool, interesting, different stories, Astonishing X-Men is the one for you. Right. Also, Emma Frost is the business. I mean, she's a businesswoman, I guess. Yeah, she's just the business. She's yeah. great. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, on the topic of Apocalypse, the 80s, and X-Men, uh, let's talk about X-Factor, um, which uh, is, is uh, a, one of the many, many ridiculous X-Men titles that appeared in the 80s. Uh, not the not the popular uh, British um, uh, reality TV show, Hang on. Uh, which makes searching for stuff really hard. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. internet Jeez. searches. Um, Les looks like he's having a thought oh, about your comment. Yeah. One of the one of the more it. ridiculous X titles of the X. There were only three. That was the the third one. It I, was I, New Mutants, X Factor, and X Men. Yeah, but X Factor is still a dumb. Dumb title. Oh, it was. And, it's it's the, made, the, look, it's made even ridiculous. more ridiculous because of the way the book works. Because of the premise as well. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, X-Force is dumb, but at that point they're like, we're just using X and other random words afterwards. X-Force didn't start until the 90s. No, sure, sure, sure. And Excalibur comes before that, which doesn't actually start with an X. Excalibur was, Excalibur was 80s. Yeah. yeah, it's the fourth title. It's it's yeah. it's, 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 it's uh, Jeez, seventh issue is an Inferno thought, crossover. I thought it had snuck into the 90s, but yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Um, anyway, so... All you really need to know, because I'm not going to explain the really dumb parts of it, the original X-Men are back together. Um, but the, the important part for this is that's where Apocalypse is first introduced. Um, Angel and always wears a gigantic backpack. Every, no, everyone... Now you got to be talking about the dumb plot points. Okay, so the plot of X-Factor is that Jean Grey has returned from the dead. Uh, the original X-Men get back together for no logical reason. It's, it's like if your friend from high school died and everyone... No, no, if your friend from high school... I don't know, move back from overseas and you start hanging out with everyone from high school again. Their logical reason was because Magneto was leading the X-Men and they thought the X-Men had become yeah, corrupted. It's really 
not that like, was no, the no, none of them could fucking phone the X Men, who they all know personally, right. to it check can. what's going on. Anyway, yeah, it really doesn't make sense. It's apparently telephones don't exist in the Marvel universe. Anyway, the point is, they all get back together and they form a team of mutant hunters to play into the, mut- the anti-mutant hysteria. Uh, and so they pretend to be humans who hunt mutants so that they can save mutants in secret. Now, the, the mutant hunters are called X-Factor, mm-hmm. and they have superhero outfits, uh, and they act as, they act as, they act as super, superhuman uh, mutant terrorists to agitate situations. The exterminators. And, and really, shouldn't it be the other way around? It should. Shouldn't it? Like, really? <laughs> anyway, this is not important. But yes, so the, to, when they're as humans, they all have red sunglasses and giant backpacks. So that Angel's wings are, and Scott's glasses remain hidden and don't seem like standout points. Mm-hmm. It's really dumb, guys. Anyway, the people who came up with all those really dumb ideas left the book and Louisa Simonson and her wonderful husband, Walt Simonson, came on. First thing they did was create Apocalypse, who's ridiculous. He's not good. He's just ridiculous. Uh, and proceed to tell a really good 20 to 30 issue story involving him and all the X-Factor characters. You can either get that as the first two... Um, X-Men Essential, I mean, X-Factor Essentials, which that line is almost out of print, but you may be able to find those very cheap if you look around. Mm. Um, so that's all black and white reprints, but they've just started reprinting them in color. The first one is called X-Factor, The Coming of Apocalypse. And I'm sure you'll need to buy the second and third one because those will be about uh-huh. 10 volumes a piece. Uh-huh. Um, those are great. They're really good. They introduce Apocalypse. They, they mm-hmm. have the whole Ar- Angel Becomes Archangel, which, spoilers, sorry, mm-hmm. you knew about it. Um, we we kind of mentioned it. Yeah, you, you know what an X-Man is, so you yeah. probably know about it. Yeah. Um, there's just some really cool stuff in there. Uh, Walt Simonson is real good at drawing. Uh, he, gives, he gives everyone robot horses, which is delightful. So this is the first episode where I get to say to you, that's not what I thought you were going to recommend. Oh, what do you think I was going to recommend? <laughs> I thought you were going to recommend Uncanny X-Force Dark Angel Song. Oh, you, you, yeah. you know what? That is great, but you really have to read that other thing first. I guess. Um, yeah, well, on that note. Uh, well, uh, well. Oh, on that note. We're going to what we're recommend. <laughs> I'll get you! <laughs> um, what we're going to do yes. is um, we're going to throw one final question. Sure. And try and keep it as concise as possible. <laughs> Should people go and see the X-Men now? X-Men Apocalypse. D- don't you sigh when the question comes I'm to thinking. you. thinking. Naz, should they? Should people go see it? Nah. Like, <laughs> there's so many superhero movies and there are a bunch of X-Men movies. Um, like, seriously, like, go back and even watch the first X-Men. Watch X-Men 2. Fuck, watch X-Men 3. <laughs> like, like, Kelsey Grammer's in that whoa, shit, whoa, 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 Hey, Kelsey Grammer was great in that yeah, movie. Right. <laughs> hey, oh, Ellen Page is in that when movie. When I yeah. heard that they were going to do Kelsey Grammer as a beast, I went, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And then the, the ridiculous leaping. That, yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah. I, All right. Sorry, concise. We were going for. Yeah, but my, my point is uh, basically go back and watch any of the other old X-Men movies. It's what Brian Singer's remade anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I, I don't think you need to see this movie. Like, go watch Captain America Civil War three more times. Actually, yeah. Like, go, I need to go and see that again. Go wait till Doctor Strange comes out. That looks like it's going to be fun. There's a new Spider-Man wait movie coming out next year. Suicide like, Squad. Suicide Squad looks like it might even be like it might might be a train wreck or it might be awesome. But either way, it'll be more interesting than yeah. this. This, okay. this is a movie you don't need to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be another X Men movie at some point, and it will also be by Brian Singer. And will also it'll be seen in the nineties and. 
Everyone will not have aged. It's going to be weird, you guys. <laughs> on, on that note, I'm really looking forward to not the next X-Men movie, the one after that where he literally just remakes the first X-Men movie, <laughs> but with different cost. <laughs> Sorry, I know we're supposed to be brief, but I just have to point this out now that you pointed that out, which is X-Men in 2000 is set in the, in the not-too-distant future, right? Implied to be like, you know, like the 2010s or whatever. So technically, there's a whole other extra X-Men movie that needs to come between the 90s X-Men movie and the... X-Men movie that will come Which out. Which we'll get in the 2020s. It's, yeah. it's, what's great is it's, it's in the not too distant future, but people don't even have cell phones, let alone smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look, it's not great. It's not terrible. You can go watch it if you want to, but there are a lot of other more interesting movies out at this point in time. Um, you should probably just go back and rewatch Civil War, or if you really want to hate yourself, you could go watch Batman vs. Superman. But like, it's not showing anymore, I don't think. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, if you if you are interested enough that you or if you liked the last X Men movie or yeah, then go see it. But it's not that great. Right. You're not missing anything. Mm -hmm. You know. Instead just go look up interviews with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. You'll have a way better time watching those. <laughs> Greg? Look, man, um, I will tell you. There are several good movies somewhere in the middle of X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> but unfortunately, at some point, they have to fight Apocalypse, and that's when it all falls apart. Mm -hmm. You'll have a great time up until then. <laughs> do, we, do we say go watch it in order to support a superhero no. movie that we like, that maybe they'll continue to make more and maybe get it right, or don't? that maybe it falls back to Marvel and Marvel can do a good job? Oh, I, I, I have a different point. Don't go see it because maybe they'll just stop making X-Men movies yeah. ever. Not Marvel. Not maybe, maybe Fox will stop making them and Marvel will make them. Just maybe they'll stop. And I want to be clear. I really love the X-Men. Really Les and does. I can fight about who is the better X-Men fan. Oh, no, I think... It's me. <laughs> I, I think I love them more. Oh, I don't <laughs> I know. I think you more. All right. So let's start with you, Greg. Where can people find you on the intertubes? Oh, uh, you can find me at pre on pretty much everything at Greg J Nell with mm -hmm. two L's. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm Do on, you want people to find you, Greg? Uh, I mean, you know, webs. I'm on the Instagram if you like cats. Um, Go for it. And and I'm on the Twitter if you like retweets. <laughs> retweets and faves. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm on Tumblr, I guess, which is pretty much really? the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Ute. I know what the youth like on the Tumblr. Thirty-five-year-old. No way, man! Tumblr is definitely skews younger. Twitter is for old people because <laughs> we are the only people who understand having to compact everything into 140 characters. Um, you can find me on the interwebs at. Does it, just, every time I have to explain this, I get so sad. Have you thought of making it easier for everyone? Change your name. Yeah, change your name, Dizzy. Yeah, Madeline. No. Look, we all just call you Dizzy anyway. So. We should just call you Medi Pryor. You should actually just change all of my Jeff. things to Jeff. Dizzy Jeff. Jeff Moetti. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> okay, I need everybody to shut up now so I can just get through this. Have you thought about being Madeline before? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Uh, for now, you can find me at Until the inevitable name change. Dizzy Dimple on both Twitter and on Instagram, but that's D I Z Z I L I M P H O. And you can find me under my name on Facebook at Dimple Dizzy Mueti, but again, Dimple with an L I. Don't ask. It's a long story. It's a cultural Go check thing. your podcast um, out. If you, we covered it there. 
Yeah, you should check out my podcast. I covered it there. Then you'll understand. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, you'll see me posting random pictures and having some fun and being a generally happy person. On Twitter. So lies, you said. Lies. People <laughs> <laughs> be lies. So, which um, one was that on Instagram? Which on one? Instagram. Yeah, that's the staged life of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it's aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Twitter, you'll find me live tweeting myself watching first episodes of TV series. Oh, it's a lot of fun that was, for me. Oh, man. Uh, it was not fun for me <laughs> watching you live tweet preacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't oh, fun to watch, though. I, it doesn't look it. Um, <laughs> If I ask preach questions, we're not getting out of here. No, we're not. And on Facebook, I'm generally being tagged in interesting conversations or yelling at people for being stupid on the internet. Or the second one. So, a lot of the second one. That's what the internet's for. Nas, where can people find you? I just need to say that Dizzy's weird naming convention problem reminds me of how I want to have a child named Michael but spell it Adam. Oh man, you, you just want a string a string of numbers like a like a like a like a strong password? No, 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 no but a strong password. But it's like oh, it's pr- it's pronounced Joaquin. <laughs> I just really want like someone like my kids teacher to be like uh, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, man, it's, it's pronounced Michael. Yeah, Michael A D. With a silent with a silent M I C H. No, it's like a woman in the states who named her child Shafade. It's spelled shithead. Oh, oh, Shithade. Shithade. Oh, dear. Shithade. 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 There is Shola as well. There is That's the one called. with the, the, the hyphen. Oh, Ladell. L A hyphen A. And everyone's going, La La A, La A. What is it? And the mother's apparent response was, The dash, don't be silent. It's Ladasha. That's best parent. Yeah. Where are people finding you, Mick, Mick Adam? <laughs> they will find me on Twitter at Nashu, N-A-S-W-H-O. Mm-hmm. Um, same on Instagram, same on Tumblr. Well, obviously not at, but you know how it works. On Snapchat, uh, N-A-S-W-H-O, but there are four O's because someone stole my name and I'm going to find him. Yeah, but they pronounce oh, it. Can be only one. Can we track down? Can we track down Greg Nell on all those <laughs> mediums as well? Because he's not even like an he's not even using those. It's so mad. He's booked them and he's done. He's like tweeted twice. I'm so mad about it. Vittorio, where can the people find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the handle is at Vittorio Leo for Twitter, and just look for my full name, Vittorio Leonardi. Uh, you'll find it in the description paragraph of the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah hey, our na- all of our names will be there. And it's you'll find you me on YouTube as well. Same thing. <laughs> uh, three videos up, but if you search for my name on YouTube, a whole bunch of other people have been very nice to upload content with me. <laughs> nice. So that's nice. Yeah, go check out his his bit he did a couple of years ago at the comedy at the Laugh Factory, Laugh Factory in, in Los Angeles, US. where Victoria was officially confirmed as one of the 10 funniest people in the world question yes. is that the Laugh Factory or the Laugh Factory the Laugh, Laugh. Factory no I mean L-A-F-F or no, L-A-U-G-H no, I'm just checking you know but they pronounced it Laugh oh yeah they're Americans they are they are for yeah. Geek XP stuff at GXPZA you can also find us GeekXP.co.za on Facebook also go check out Icon Stuff Icon 2016 is going to be massive. We've got more and more guests signing on all the time. More panel information is about to be released. Uh, so you can actually go Icon CGC on Facebook. 
and check us out at IconCGC on Twitter. Yeah, I think that'll do. On, on the well, icon, you raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the icon note, yeah. uh, please find Naz and I at Table 17 in Artist Alley. Hey, there you go. Naz, yeah. Naz will be selling his comic sector and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be covering the booth while he goes no, to the No, no, I have no stuff to sell. I'm just like... <laughs> Wait, I need coffee. Actually, <laughs> That's rough. Actually, <laughs> I'm a comic pro now. You will, you will be able to go... Hey... He knows people at Disney. Oh, and before so, we forget, we will also be at Icon doing yeah. a panel on the Suicide Squad. So come and watch mm-hmm. us and see what we're really like when we do these things. Which is kind of the same, just visually. And I'll really also be a, around really trying to sell you nice things. Yeah. What? We really need a good pun for that panel. <laughs> oh, we'll come with some. Oh, well, I'm just you've, got, you've got a month to think of a decent Suicide Squad pun. It's got to be a Task Force X plan, man. Oh, yeah, I think? Yeah. Anyway, this conversation does not so you, nice. you know what you know what the sad truth is, guys? I had a really good X-Men joke that we did not get to because we did, no one brought up the thing I was hoping someone was gonna bring up. Which I'll one quick. Oh, I, I was just Okay, tell me what to bring up, I'll bring it quick, up. Quick, hurry up. Who's your favorite X-Men? My favorite my favorite X-Men. Yeah. The one who was in it for all of 15 seconds. At least he was wearing the outfit from the Oh, okay. Team. Who's your second favorite X-Men? I don't know. Oh my god, who's supposed to be our favorite actor? Oh yeah, just my 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 joke was which I really had. I was really excited about is uh, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people Gambit was cool. (laughs) I was really hoping we were going to talk about that stupid Channing Tatum movie. Did you? Oh why? Why would we want to do that? What the one that's been shelved? On and off? No, no, they're holding it back because they want to get it right. (laughs) They want to make a Gambit movie. Yeah, with Channing Tatum. Yeah, which look. Channing Tatum's great. He's great. Channing Tatum's a delight. Um, That is probably the only saving grace of that movie. But unfortunately, it's um, it's a Gambit movie. (laughs) So this is like our end credit sequence, right? Yeah. 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 Stay to the end, guys. (laughs) Um, You know know what uh, keeps happening to me? I keep seeing Taylor Kitchen things and going, oh man, he'd make it good at Gambit. And then I go, oh wait. wait. (laughs) 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 To be fair, that wasn't his fault. It's just because it's such a terrible movie. It was his fault for not being able to maintain that accent for more than three seconds. He just had that accent. And I think... Oh, no, I'm getting a point. Oh, oh, I'm being... I'm getting the wrap-up signal. I'm getting the wrap-up signal that you're okay with this to end, Naz. (laughs) You want this just to end. It's this or he has to kill himself. You want this just to end. (laughs) Well then, Naz, just just as maybe a glimmer of hope for you, Mm. you get to pick the topic of the next, next variance coming. Is, isn't it Suicide Squad? Isn't that no, literally the next no, time? That's, a, that's, that's a very August. special... That's Suicide a very special episode. episode. Oh my Suicide. god, are we telling people about the dangers of Suicide Squad? <laughs> <laughs> Suicide Squad drops oh in... Uh, <laughs> by the way, by the way, you know what we're going to call it? Ask Force X. No. Come on. No. Greg, no. Suicide Squad doesn't drop until August, so there's going to oh, be really? at least okay. one more of these. When? Sorry, people. When are we going to record this? We've just recorded this. No, no, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, I've just come back from the future. There will, be, there will be a July podcast. We do have one in the bin that we recorded a few months ago. Which one Which is that? the greatest crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> it still hasn't dropped because there just hasn't been any. There just hasn't been. Oh, yeah, you're hobnobbing with Disney. Oh, um, what, Yeah, what do you... Uh, Wait, which one were you not You in? get to pick... Batman vs. Superman. Oh yeah, you get to pick. Good job, <laughs> Naz. You get to pick the topic of the next variants cover. What are we going to discuss? 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me this beforehand, I would have thought about it. Can, can, can we just dub it in later? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but like, like, you like the Microsoft Sound voice. Which one? <laughs> it's like, it's favorite Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be dubbed in by like a totally different person. It's like, oh, I think it'll be X-Men continuity. <laughs> we'll get Vic okay, to do it. Okay, we cannot have a podcast yeah, we'll about X-Men continuity. We'll get to Vic to do it in his La Linea voice. Uh, should we, should we, uh, um, look, I, I don't want to step on Naz's toes, but all things considered, should we not be talking about rebirths and reboots? No. It would have been more time than talking yes. about rebirths. Yes, yes, let's, let's, I mean, let's, let's do it. Rebirths and reboots. All right. yeah. rebirths and or, reboots. or if you will, of... Uh, uh, watch Mouse and Watch Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's Sorry, can I make that Mouse and Watch Men? No. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping this before you can do any more damage. Thanks, very much. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Bye, everybody. We love you. We Bye. don't. Bye. I'm just fond of you. Kappa, that was Release the Geek, the official podcast of Geek XP. What the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in rotten command here. To contact the show, you can email us at releasethegeek, one word, at geekxp.co.za. Thanks for listening. I'll be back.